Church is a wonderful place to bring your body. And uh, we encourage you to do so. And uh, we are we're thrilled that you're here. Uh, grab your Bible if you would and turn to the book of Proverbs. Turn to the book of Proverbs today. Now, as you can uh, see from the title, the title of our message today is Guard Your Heart. Guard Your Heart. Go to a handheld, bro. Go to a handheld? Yeah, is that sorry. what I need to do? Yeah, okay. I'm going to get you to do it. Alright. Sorry. No, that's okay. Check one, two. Check one, two. Are you there now? Are we good? Okay. Those of you online, you just missed some of the most profound preaching I ever did. <laughs> Can you hear me now? That'd be a great sermon title. Can you hear me now? I've probably done that. All right. So if if I were to survey uh, this crowd here today, and if I were to ask you, what would be the most important thing that we could do spiritually with our lives? What, what, what What is the thing that we should devote most of our energy to as far as our walk with God. I would probably get a lot of answers like, well, prayer. Prayer would be very, very important, and it is, by the way. Uh, I would get answers like, well, uh, reading your Bible, and that would be another great response. Uh, Some would say uh, worshiping, being faithful to God's house, fasting, witnessing, all those would be excellent responses as far as what is the most important thing we can do as a follower of Jesus. But I will show you from the scripture, I will show you from the scripture that the author of Proverbs, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, tells us what we should do above anything else. And that's the top of our message, is to guard our hearts. Uh, If you're able to, could you stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this together? And I'm in Proverbs 4, verse 23, and we're going to go to verse 27 here today, okay? So here's what it says. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Verse 25 says, keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left, keep your foot from evil. So above all else, church, we guard our hearts. Can we pray? Lord, pray that uh, your word would really just make an impact on us here today. We, we, we want the words that we just read in other places in Scripture, God. We, we want this just to Go deep in our hearts. 
so that we can live this stuff out. So have your way. Touch your feet. And I'll thank you for what you do. And it's in your mighty name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. So about everything else, about everything else, again, there are a lot of great things that we can do as a follower of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of responsibilities that we have as a follower of Jesus Christ. But above all else, we should guard our hearts. Now the question is, how should we do that? How should we do that? We read this verse. It says, above all else, more than anything else, we should guard our hearts. So what does that mean? How does that play out? And I want to, uh, I want to let you know, and, and, and this is important when you study the Bible, okay? Because a lot of times we try to pull a verse like out of here, and then we kind of yank a verse out of here, you know, and we put it together, and we try to come up with our belief system or our doctrine. It's helpful for us as followers of Jesus, when we see commands in the scriptures, it's helpful for us to read the scriptures and follow as well. Uh, and otherwise, you know, otherwise, I can I can find the verse that says, and Jesus make himself. And then I can find the verse that says, go down your life. Well, that, that would not be a good sermon, correct? Okay. So it's important, it's important that we take scriptures to keep them in context. And the next four verses after this big one here, guard your heart above anything else, the next four verses really show us how we can guard our hearts. Specifically today, I want to I give you the areas of our lives that we should look at if we're going to guard our hearts. Because I'll tell you this, our hearts can be very, very, very vulnerable to uh, an attack from the enemy. Our hearts can be very, very vulnerable to a lot of things that there's a lot of chaos in this world right now. Amen? Amen. And so it's important for us to say, okay, God, how do I do this? How do I set this guard around my heart so it doesn't get hurt by anything spiritually? So let's look at a few areas that this passage tells us to look at. First of all, let's take a look at our conversation, our speech, our talk. The words that we say. Part of guarding our hearts comes from the words that we use. Your words are powerful. Your words are very powerful. Now, some people will take that to an extreme and think that your words can somehow compel God to do something. Let me just tell you, you can't make God do anything. Oh, I am much better. You can't make God suck up. You, you think you've got that power, Bubba, get over yourself, okay? Alright? But now listen, listen though. I do know this that words, because God's given a speech, a combination of words to use in a way, and I'll, I'll bring it up in a little bit, that should glorify Him, that should build up people up. But our words don't have a very negative effect as well. Now again, look what He says in verse 24. Verse 24 says this, keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. I love it when like, Christians come up to me and, and, and why I love it, but, but they tell me, oh boy, you know, sometimes I really struggle with, with my 
I've had to work at not saying, you know, if somebody insults me, it's like, hmm, okay, ooh, there's one, can't use that. Mm, there's one, no, nope. cutting room floor. Mm, no, no, better, better not do that either. And God will kind of, kind of say, okay, filter that out with words that bless or say nothing. So one way to really guard our hearts is our words. It's in our conversations. And so maybe today you need to pray a prayer that says, God, I ask you that my speech would be glorifying you, that the words that I use and the things that I say would be pleasing to you. And I believe God will honor that. Can you say amen? amen. Secondly, not only should we take a look at our conversation book, we should also take a look at what I call our, uh, the commotion that's around us. Can I ask you what you give the most attention to in your life? Verse 25, the next verse. It says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Uh, we live in a world, we live in a world that is so easily distracted. From the good. Our economy, our news cycle, it operates on fear. It operates on distress. Uh, it leads with bad news, concerning news. And social media and 24 7 TV. Do you remember when you missed a show on TV? You missed it for good. I mean, that, that was in TV purgatory. We don't even believe in purgatory. I mean, it was, it was gone. You know, just like, well, okay. You know, now, we DVR, we rewind, we watch it on the bed. It's, it's hilarious. We have so many things at our fingertips right now. And I will tell you, and I embrace technology. If you know me, I'm the king of nerds when it comes to that kind of stuff. But if we're not careful, a lot of this stuff can distract us. The commotion around us can dictate what we give our emotional attention to. I am not trying to insult anybody here. At all. But let me tell you, I think one byproduct of this COVID-19 virus is not even physical. It's very much emotional. And folks, for our kids... There is a mental health crisis right now with our students and our children right now. I'm just throwing that out there. And we need to pray. We need to pray for our kids. But not just kids, but there's a lot of things that are occupying our time. There's fear. There's concern. And fear of the unknown. Right? Man, I remember, I remember two years ago when we were like, wow, we got this virus, what are we going to do? We didn't have cameras, we didn't have Corona. I thought that was just a cheap beer from Mexico. I had no idea what that was, and I don't drink. And, and, and our world changed. And now there's so much out there to distract us from God. Our economy, fear, Sickness, lots of things. Maybe your own personal chaos that you're in right now. The commotion that's in your life right now. 
Can I tell you that the reason why the enemy of our souls places that there is to take your attention away from God and to put it more on the commotion that's around you. That is precisely why the enemy uses that. The enemy doesn't care if you don't feel good. Do you really think, oh, my mission today is to make you feel bad. He doesn't care about how you feel. His mission is to distance you from Jesus. So the commotion around us sometimes will cause us to give our attention on the commotion, on the distractions, on the trouble, on the problems, and no longer on our relationship with God. Dare I say that sometimes we place our identity on the commotion rather than our identity on who Jesus says we are. And a great way for us to guard our hearts is to get a healthy view of the commotion that's around us. The author of Hebrews put it this way, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. A lot of you might recognize this verse. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. You ever watch little kids play sports? Uh, like the really little ones. Okay? Where like one second they're kicking the ball, and the next second they're eating grass. Right? Right? They're, they're just distracted. Uh, Jonathan had a little girl. I was the very first soccer team. I don't even remember the girls. But uh, uh, she, she, she would sit... Uh, not say when she would go in, she would stand in the middle of the soccer field on the pitch, is what we call it, and she would take her shirt and, and she would pull it over her head. <laughs> and she would just stand there. <laughs> the entire time. It was awesome. And the last game of the season, once you know the ball actually hit her on the legs. And she was like Everyone went crazy. She was, I don't know what she was hiding from, uh, but I don't think she ever played soccer again. But you know what? Some of us were so encumbered by the commotion around us that all we want to do is just put our jersey up over our heads and just pray that the ball doesn't hit us. You know what the Lord says? You know what? Throw off everything that's distracting you. Everything that's hindering you, throw that off. Now, we don't pretend it doesn't exist, okay? That's something. But we will not give more attention to the commotion than we do to Christ. Amen. We fix our eyes on Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one that's in control. And so, there's commotion, but I'm still going to pay more attention to Jesus than I am the commotion that's around me. Can you say amen? amen? Thirdly, Pastor, how many do you have? A lot. I got four, so hang with me, okay? We're still good. We're still good. Number three, I want to talk about the, the course of your life. How do, we, how do we guard our hearts? How do we guard our hearts? With every decision that we make that determines the course of our lives. The next verse says this in verse 26. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet. 
Give careful thoughts to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet. Let me, uh, let me give you some, what I hope is some wisdom for a man who's uh, been blessed to do ministry for over three decades now. Never make a big decision out of anger. Actually, never make a big decision out of emotion. Well, I quit! (laughs) Careful, Bubba. Okay, you might be angry, but is that the decision to make? Have you given careful thought to the past for your feet? Or are you just angry? Well, I think I'm going to marry her. I actually, well, nah, he might be watching the child and say this. But uh, I've actually seen people choose their mate before they even dated them. Bible college was notorious for that, but I, I, uh, I digress. But, Central uh, Bridal College, sometimes I love it. Oh, yeah, I found the one. Really? Yes, how do you know? Well, we were, we were shopping in the same pet field, and we both, we both grabbed Purina for all your dogs. <laughs> and I think a little bit. And we covered with the religious thought. I think the Lord uh, wants us to do it. Just like, okay. Uh, how many know that God is a God of wisdom? And He's a God of common sense as well. Right? And, and so many of us, you know, we. We get this idea that the weirder the decision, the more spiritual we must be. I'm just going there, I guess. But sometimes the stranger decision that we make, the, wow, he must be spirit-led. Or, you ate pizza last night. And it's messing with you. Well, I had a dream. Oh, please, don't tell me. <laughs> we make here's how we make decisions. Okay? Does it line up with God's work number one? Okay? Does it line up with God's work? Well, I think the Lord wants me to kill my boss. Really? <laughs> I'd say the word would go against that. And now I'm, hopefully I'm speaking in extreme, but uh, and if I stop anyone from killing their boss, praise the Lord. <laughs> But does a lot of God's work Okay, yes it does. Or at least it doesn't like Okay, okay. Then, then, how about the counsel and the wisdom of some mature people? I think I mentioned this Wednesday. How about the counsel and the wisdom of some mature Christians around you? When you're making decisions, big decisions. Don't just try to find people that agree with you. Find people that will, in the love of Jesus, will tell you the truth. And tell you what they think of it. I've, have you met folks that they'll like go to like 12 people? And when number 12 finally agrees with them, I heard from God. <laughs> and, and, 
Sometimes God's way is totally different than ours. We have to have ears that hear. I don't know how many pet owners we have here today, but uh, we, 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 have, we have several animals. We're, we're basically a petting zoo. Now it's what we are in our house. And uh, I've got this bulldog, the greatest dog ever. His name is Caesar. He's about a thousand pounds, just a tiny baby. And what's funny, what's funny is that uh, he can recognize, he recognizes my voice. And that's, that comes from probably me spoiling him quite a bit. And uh, he's just used to hearing me when I tell Caesar. It just, and then eventually he kind of lures to me. He's getting old, like I am. And, and, but listen, his ability to recognize, Caesar's ability to recognize my voice comes from relationships. It comes from the time that I spent with him. You will recognize God's voice more when you spend more time with Him. The more time I spend with Jesus, the more I recognize His voice. The more I say, I don't think this is just emotion here. But I recognize you speaking to me. And let's not forget that God often speaks through His Word. That's why we need to know it. That's why we need to read it and memorize it. The Lord should be at the center of every decision and direction that we make. Get him involved. Now get him. Lord, which stuff should I wear? Okay, I, I don't think you need the wisdom of the Lord for that. Find some clean ones to match, and I think we're good. Or come close to matching. But Lord, should I take this job, yes or no? God, should I accept this position? And, and your, your biggest decisions in life will never be between the good and the bad. Many of you have heard me say this before. It's never between the good and the bad. God, should I kill this person or not? <laughs> but, Lord, should I take this job or this job? See, the biggest decisions will be between the good and the best. That's when you need the Lord to make His ways clear for your steps. Lord, what's best here? God, this is a tough decision. What's the best one? It doesn't seem like I have a bad choice here. So I need your will and your wisdom to know what's the right one. What's the best decision? Book of uh, Proverbs in the previous chapter puts it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. So God will show you. Sometimes, now He may not show you like in the next five minutes, but He'll show you. Trust Him with everything. Can we say amen? And then finally today, I want to challenge you in the area of your personal commitment to the Lord. And I may be a little strong here. Proverbs 4.27, as we talk about our personal commitment, this is how I wanted to end. 
Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Keep your foot from evil. The 21st century church, and folks hear me, it's in desperate need of good, godly boundaries. We, we've watered things down. That we, we, we accept things that aren't even in the Word of God. And uh, they never were. We, we allow things that we shouldn't be allowing. We're okay with things. Well, well, you know, I know people and they believe this way. What does God say? In fact, when, when you're setting boundaries for yourself spiritually, always set them this way. What does God say about this? What does God say about this? What does God say about this? Our world is saying, well, this is the definition of love, but what does God say about this? Our world would say, well, this kind of conduct is okay, and this kind of conduct is alright, but, but, but what does the Bible have to say. Well, isn't it important that I'm happy? Never at the expense of God's work. Right? Never. Never. God will, ne God will never make you happy at the expense of His work. God will never contradict Himself to make you happy. I promise you that. He won't do it. And I think I, and I don't want to sound old, okay? Because I'm, I'm pretty young for 29. <laughs> That's the whole conversation thing and lying and thinking, okay. Uh, but, you know, I've seen a lot. I, I'm, I'm 55. I'm double nickels now. So I, I've seen a lot. And some of you are a generation above me. You've seen even more. And some of the things that we accept in our culture and allow, maybe even in our churches, we never would have done so years ago. What's changed? Well, you know, we've evolved. No, you've evolved. Well, I just think we matured in our thinking. No, no. No. What is your moral compass? What is your moral standard? It can't be how you feel. Amen. It can't, because that'll change. That'll change. That'll change. It can't be what's popular, because the gospel will never be popular compared to the wishes of the world. What does God have to say about what does God have to say about my choices? What does God have to say? Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Perhaps... Maybe because a loved one has crossed the boundaries, 
or because you have a desire to be accepted by somebody, you have allowed your boundaries to become watered down a bit. You have allowed things into your life that you never thought you would. It, it, it goes against how you were raised. It goes against what the Word of God has to say. It goes against what you hear on Sunday. Well, that's just your opinion. I promise you this. Other than talking about the Dallas Cowboys, I will never give you my opinion. Except for the fact that the Dallas Cowboys are God's favorite team. I just need to throw that in there. You're welcome. <laughs> Smile the holes in the ceiling so you can watch his favorite team play every Sunday. But seriously, I, I, I will never give my opinion. I want you to know, well, the pastor believes this. No, I believe the Word of God. I want the last year, 21 years, if I just gave you opinions. I want you to know what God's Word has to say. We need to know what God's Word has to say, and that's where we set our boundaries. That's where we make our choices. That's where we get our convictions. It's from the Word of God. And that's how we guard our hearts. Ralph, if you could help me, I, I, I wonder if today we can evaluate these areas. Because again, remember, this verse said, above all else, more than anything else, guard your heart. More than anything, how do we do that? We take a hard look at our conversation, the words that we say. We take a hard look at how we deal with the commotion that's in our lives. Are we giving the commotion more attention than our Creator? How about the decisions that we make for the course of our lives? Are we making them based on emotion? Maybe we're making them just so we get richer. But have we included God in our decisions? And our personal commitment. Have our personal boundaries weakened? See, when there's a chip in any of these areas, that's when we have lowered the guard, the wall, the wall of protection around our heart. Above all else, we guard this. And we do it through these ways. What might the Lord be saying to you? Maybe there's an area of your wall that has a crack in it. Maybe it's those words that you say. And, and, and you need God to help you patch that up so your heart can be more guarded. Or, 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 or maybe you've, you've really relaxed on your boundaries, your spiritual convictions. You've got lots of things in that you shouldn't let. And, and, there's another crack in that wall that's supposed to guard your heart. The Lord today wants to use His Holy Spirit to patch that up. Whatever it is that's causing the cracks around your heart to keep it less guarded, the Holy Spirit today wants to patch that up. And I want to give you an opportunity to say, Lord, let's get some patchwork done. <laughs> I want to guard my heart. Will you stand on your feet if you're able to? Above all else, more than anything else, we have to guard our hearts. Will you pray with me? Jesus, I'm asking you that right now, your Holy Spirit would deal with every individual in this room. 
and those that are watching online. Lord God, that if there has been a, a, a breach in the wall, a crack in the, in the guard around our hearts, in any of these areas, Lord, would you speak to us now? And may we make that an issue of prayer before we leave here today. And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, and I just want to know who I can pray for today. I'm not going to embarrass you at all, but uh, I want to ask you, uh, is there anyone here who will say, you know what, Pastor, there's some, I think there's some patchwork that needs to be done around my heart. I, I've let some things uh, weaken that guard, and some hands are already going up, and if that's you, I, I, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Yes, yes, yes. Is there anyone else? I, I, need, I need God to repair my heart in some of these areas, God. My words, how I deal with the distractions around me, the decisions that I'm making, my personal commitment, my boundaries. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say one more prayer. I'm going to say amen. And whether you raised your hand or not, I just want to give you an opportunity to meet with God and say, Lord, prepare the cracks that are supposed to be there to guard my heart. God, I don't want them to become breaches. I don't want them to become massive openings that my heart would be, my spiritual life would be attacked. So God, I need your Holy Spirit to put things back the way that they should. And I want to give you a chance just to pray that prayer, but do this, please. Just sit in this presence. Sit in this presence. Let the Spirit speak to you. Tell him what you need to do different. Tell him what you need to do to repair things. And let's see the difference that Jesus makes in our lives as we live this thing out. So I'm going to pray. Jesus, I ask you now that across this room, and for those that are watching, God, for some of us, that guard that's around us, our hearts, has been damaged. And Lord, we need you to repair it. So we ask you, Lord God, that you would help us with our speech, our words. God, that you would help us dealing with the, the distractions that are in our lives. And God, for many of us, there's many. We may not give more attention to that than to you. God, for others, we're making decisions, Lord, without even hearing what you have to say. And God, for some of us, we, we've weakened our boundaries and, and we've, we've allowed some things in our lives. We've accepted things. We've said some things are okay when they're not. Lord, however your Holy Spirit needs to deal with us, would you please do that? So meet with your people. And I pray, Lord God, that we would not only just pray to you, but God, that as we sit in your presence, Lord, that you'd speak to us. And Lord, help us to live this stuff out this week, I pray. Help us to live this out. And it's in your mighty name, your majesty, and your greatness. Amen. If you need to spend some time with the Lord, would you do so now? You can pray at the altar area. You can just pray at your seat, whatever you're most comfortable doing. But let's make a personal altar. And with God, at least you, you can consider yourself dismissed to fellowship in the lobby. God bless you.